Good afternoon there. Uh, this is the GSA Executives Podcast with your host, Kate and Ty. And today we're excited to have on Joe Davis, who is Principal and UK Exec Chair at Aversing Young. How are you today? I'm very well, thank you. Sun's shining. It's Thursday afternoon. All's good. I know. It's, uh, you can tell someone's on as week, aren't you? Thank goodness. <laughs> um, so just to kind of give a brief introduction to, uh, to yourself, um, could you give me a brief elevator speech about how you've achieved uh, the position which you're currently in at Aversing Young? Of course, um, it's a it's an interesting um, starting point because actually I fell into town planning um, on the basis that I didn't know what to do at university, and my babysitter was doing town planning, and all I did was learn from her and go, "Oh, that sounds interesting." So I, that is how I gave it a go. So I learned about that when I was eighteen. I then came out of um, my degree, wanted to change the world, and um, then went into um, probably the worst recession in 1991. So did a pub management course and ran a pub in Newport. Um, eventually, I worked out I needed to go back into the profession, went into local government, and then moved on to a position whereby we were advising, being advised by GBA, as it was then, mm-hmm. on a project. And I was asked if I wanted to join them, and I thought I had nothing to lose. But I was the um, first professional female that they had in the Bristol office, bless them. So that was quite an interesting scenario. Um, and so therefore then I grew a planning team in Bristol. And I then went on to run and manage the Bristol office um, before stepping in and running the National Planning Development Regeneration team in the business. Yeah, And then finally, um, in the last 12 months, I've taken on the role of UK chair and sit on the management team and the global board. And I think that those are... So that that history, if you like, is all about um, one business, which is really rare to like have so many jobs, but in the same business, so it always felt changing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then on top of that, I've worked on some of probably the most fantastic schemes you could ever wish to work for. So I've worked on um, the new arena going into Bristol, mm-hmm. which are probably some of the biggest regeneration products in Bristol City Centre. Mm-hmm. So I did the, um, the old brewery sites in Bristol. I've done a whole suite of schemes like that. Um, 1,200 new homes on the edge of Western Sucremere and then a series of colleges and university um, repurposing of campuses. So actually getting right in there and seeing that change and the opportunity that creates for other people. So for all of those reasons, the career piece is really great and look where I am as a leader. But what really drives the passion is change in place and actually helping to influence positively people where people live and work and play and therefore that that then always allows for kind of social regeneration. It actually allows for social opportunity and mobilisation. So that legacy piece. So really passionate about it. I wanted to change the world when I began. I now realise that actually just change small things and that's what makes the difference. And to physically kind of see the change that you're making, as you say, it must be to be like, or to look at a building or... When 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 you see spaces being used, and I always always play back on this and I kind of fell out a bit with the the Mayor of Bristol and... I genuinely believe that spaces are for using. Yeah. And when my son was 14 and was a um, skateboarder, he used to go down into, into Bristol, into the public squares and skateboard. Yeah. That was always frowned upon because it was used in the space unproductively. But actually, that was the community. That was that use group's community. That's how he learned to communicate. That's how he learned to look after people. Yeah. And that's when you use space as well. Now, it might be a bit noisy and it might not be quite what you wanted, but 
people have to be seen and it's really, really important. They have to be seen and you have to be able to use spaces within the communities they create. Mm-hmm. That's what good plan, that's what good place is all about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, it's a public space, so Absolutely. it's for the public. Um, so what would you say is your uh, biggest achievement to date then? So I could pinpoint one. If I could pinpoint one. So the biggest achievement to date, I guess, is really bringing together the team and at bringing together the planning development and regeneration team nationally and to create an identity where actually those people are brought up through the business and therefore you see people in um, AY that have been here a long time. Mm-hmm. And that's because I believe, or I hope it's because that we genuinely believe in bringing people through their careers. They're genuinely engaged in exciting projects, working with good teams that are diverse and are responding to clients mm-hmm. and that we are creating opportunities for them to grow and to learn and to deliver their full potential. So for me, mm-hmm. at this point in my career, that's a real privileged place to be. I guess because obviously helping them through their journey and, well, as you said before, how you've worked your way up within the same company, it must be nice for to be able to see, obviously, other people do that as well. And it gives you that more personal touch when you're working with teams of people who you've worked with for however many years. Absolutely. Like but that. also just not even if they stay in the business, seeing them going on and then to take those principles and the things that were important to this business and out into the market and grow in a different way. It's really important to me. Yeah. But I think it's also a recognition that that's what I've experienced through my career. Yeah. Really. Mm-hmm. So I think you have to kind of keep adding to what you've you've learned and, mm-hmm. and, and showing more of that. So yeah, it's a fantastic team and I'm really proud of them. So I'm curious about, obviously we've mentioned there about your biggest kind of achievement. Um, what would you say um, is your biggest challenge that you've faced professionally and kind of how have you overcome that? So so there's two parts to a challenge, isn't it? So the first part is what happens to yourself, so what's challenging yourself. So my biggest challenge to myself is that I um, go to work as if I don't have children and I parent as if I don't work. So kind of in the early stages of my career when I had my children, mm-hmm. you know, it was that exact balance, you know, you you didn't ever quite get it right, so you wanted to be the best in work, mm-hmm. so you, you couldn't think about your children. What I've learned, and that challenge of overcoming is as you get older, it's actually realising that it is right and proper to have both. And actually, yeah. you know, if you wrote the skills that you need to have teenage children to get teenage children through into university, mm-hmm. that skill set fits really well with leadership. You know, it needs empathy, it needs patience, it needs direction, it needs you know, it needs all of the things that you expect from a strong leader. Mm-hmm. So actually, what you need to do is bring the two together. Yeah. And parents, when they take what they learn at home and they bring it to the office, are the best leaders that you can get. Because actually, they're always learning. They're always being challenged. Yeah. And that's what makes a diverse and strong leadership group. I've, I've never even thought of it like that, but I guess, because I guess, because kind of switching off when you're at home from work and then obviously switching off from kind of, well, not switching off from your family, but as you say, kind of like, right, I'm at work, I need to focus on work. But yes, yeah, comparing the two together, as you say, the skills are, well, the same. So yeah, absolutely. And I think at the stage when I have my children, and don't forget my children are 21 and 23, and um, you're almost apologetic. So you know, the whole maternity leave piece was very, very different. It was just like, well, of course I'm coming back and I'll be back at such and such a date because you felt that you were going to be behind in your career. 
Yeah. We've got yeah. we we've got to and we are changing our range and that's really important for future leaders. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Knowing that they kind of haven't got the nerves of, oh gosh, I am so far behind. It's like, no, you've had your time off, you've had your maternity leave, you are allowed. Absolutely. So what what I hear a lot and what we're working on and we've got sub or we'll work on an AY is coming back and not being at the same stage in the career. Now that might be a perception or it might be a reality, but that's not acceptable. Mm-hmm. What we have to think about is people's career progression. Yeah. And it's not just maternity. You have you have milestones in your life that a business has to respond to and you within your career have to respond to. So for me, leadership is being sensitive and empathetic to those things, but also helping to deliver the best out of that person whilst they're in the office. So mm-hmm. or whilst they're in the business. So for me, those sorts of skill sets are really important. I think from my kind of well, personal experience and what I believe in anyways, if you help someone else with, with whatever in life, with anything, then they're more likely to be more motivated to do a better job. Yeah. So it's circular. <laughs> it's circular. We all keep learning. Exactly. Exactly. And um, so obviously being a female in a very kind of dominated business, how would you say that this has impacted you? Obviously you mentioned before how you were the first kind of female in the office. Was it in Bristol? Bristol, yeah. 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 So um, how does it impact me? Well, I probably know more about football than I need to. Yeah, um, <laughs> and, and because I come from a rugby family, that's not really valid, relevant to me at all. So, so, so what, what have I learned? I've learned that um, you have to own the space yeah. you know you, you, and that then that takes confidence and that takes encouragement and mentoring without question mm-hmm. but you have to learn to own the space you know I've come up through this business because I add value mm-hmm. with my clients mm-hmm. I add value to this business and I'm able to influence people and talk to people in a way that allows us to get schemes through the door and you know to, to, to develop schemes which are difficult or challenging so you have to own that space and you have to be then yeah. in that really strong place to make sure that you're bringing a ladder through for the next people coming coming alongside with you. Yeah. And that's not just um, women. Mm-hmm. That's that's men as well. It's yeah. all about the way that you the way that you lead mm-hmm. and the team that you create around you. Mm-hmm. Were you ever kind of like I guess nervous being the kind of first female or did you kind of not just not think about it like that or so look everyone has imposter syndrome look you know I can I can remember um the number of years probably even only just post pre-pandemic you know walking into a reception of my trainers and putting a pair of heels on thinking that that was the difference yeah, yeah. you know and then at some point the penny drops and you know, you know your 14 year old daughter at the time you know, slashes you to the bone because you realise actually that's not making the difference. What's making the difference is what you've got to say and that mm-hmm. it's a game changer when that happens. But yeah. yes, you know, many a time, you know, um, walking into a room on a networking event when there's only blokes in the room, you know, I, for example, you know, I did a number of leadership courses where I was the only woman in the room and and they were absolutely delightful, but it's your perception Yes, yeah. you know it's that impossible. Do I deserve to be here? Mm-hmm. And that takes takes a long time. Yeah, a lot of confidence. So for me, it is really important. But I, what I do remember, and it always sticks with me, the first platform I spoke on, a leadership platform I spoke on, with about three hundred people in there. My chief exec at the time was there, and he texts me whilst I was on that stage, and he said, "I'm really proud of you," and that stays with me forever. Yeah, has that 
he didn't need to do that. Oh, yeah, yeah. But he did. Mm -hmm. And I do that all the time because actually those sorts of things make all the difference. Oh, yeah. It can be, it's the small things that yeah. say make him. The things that don't make any time. Yeah, exactly. And just obviously, as you say, that little text mm. would have been like, right, more motivating. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, that's brilliant. And so how do you feel about um, diversity and inclusion? Kind of, how has it come? Is it like a journey? So diversity, equality and inclusion. And um, I think it's been on a long journey. I think it's fair to say that real estate is making some big progress, mm -hmm. but it's not there in any way, shape or form yet. Cool. But I think it's got this moment in time where it's about to burst through a door oh. and make a big difference. I genuinely believe that we are bringing more women and more diversity onto panels. And mm -hmm. um, I love to quote, I bet this morning about 9% of the people in London are male, heterosexual, or white. Mm -hmm. Therefore, we've got a diverse London. Yeah. So therefore, we've got to respond to that in terms of the diversity that we put out there in terms of our clients. And what I'm hearing all the time is um, our client teams mm -hmm. are diverse, so they want us to be diverse. They expect us to be diverse, so then yeah. that changes. But we, we as a business are working really hard to understand what that means to us mm -hmm. and making sure we respond to it. But it is a journey mm -hmm. and, you know, we're not where we need to be on gender pay gap. You know, we're not where we need to be on many things in terms of senior leadership mm -hmm. and 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 women in the senior leadership roles. But that doesn't mean that we should be negative from where we've come from. Yes, exactly. And, and I mean, as I say, well, for any industry, it's it's a process. It can't change overnight. So, yeah. so, so we have to save by the good things. Yeah. And then we have to focus on the things we can do better. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So um, how would you feel like it, you could kind of maybe speed that up, I guess, to help improve it quicker or... So I think I think it's speeding up is really about education. Mm -hmm. I think it's a lot about education. It's about bringing people through, but it's also and it's there's a huge amount of work being done done on this. So um, uh, Tim Heatley in um, Capital City in, in Manchester in the Regeneration Brain Group, where actually they're going into different schools and they're talking to different community people, different people about the opportunities mm -hmm. in real estate business. You know, like I say, I would never be a town planner. If bizarrely, you know, a, a babysitter who was just subject at university who just needed some extra cash wasn't sat in my phone room on a Saturday night while my parents were out on the lash, you know, that's how it happened. But I had no connection with the industry. And one of the problems that we've had for a long time yeah. is the connections are very linked to private schools and they're very linked to a certain level, certainly yeah. SFA. And that's the bit that we're breaking down and that's what you're seeing is really different. And that's what I mean when I say it's exciting about to burst through the door because I think that people are really interested in places, not just planners mm -hmm. and people that are sitting off like this, but actually people who've got lots of opinions about planning, you know. Yeah. You, know, you get a lot of people when you go to a public consultation event, they might be objecting to it, but they want to talk about it and they want to yeah. tell you what they like about their place. And if you can learn from that and you can bring some of that in, mm -hmm. you're really changing what the way that we operate as a, as a real estate business. Mm -hmm. I think it's, like I say, bursting through the door moment is is on the horizon. It's a pivotal point at the moment. Pivotal point. Yeah. It's good though. Really good. Um, so kind of uh, what, obviously when you're looking for candidates and people to obviously dry neighbours and young, um, what traits would you look for um, if you have kind of a few traits? So 
it depends. It depends on what level you would apply. and say that. Yeah, but at that younger level, I, I don't see as often as from where I was of people actually with that passion and coming to want to change the world. But for me, that inquisitive nature and like always asking questions, wanting to know more, wanting to understand why, that is really, really important at that junior level. I think you can you can teach a lot of professions, yeah. special work, but actually if you've not got the passion for it and you've not got that inquisitive mind, you kind of lose, you leave a lot on the table. You know, that, that's that piece. Mm-hmm. When I look at a more senior role, mm-hmm. Um, without question, I'm looking for people with ambition, mm. uh, with strong leadership skills, but that are um, that have empathy and understanding. I want to work as part of teams. Yeah, I so think that's really, really important. I think without question, when we look at women, we're looking at people who can network in a different way. So you know, you, the value of LinkedIn is beyond the comprehension. Oh, you know, I mean, I think that the ability to grow your network, the ability to be client centric, and get bring clients to that process is really really important mm-hmm. but also that ability to talk and want to talk and want to learn from clients yeah. that kind of connectivity between clients and consultants is really important in terms of learning about how we do things better mm-hmm. you know and client satisfaction is everything that we strive for yeah yeah oh, no, that's fitting and um, so kind of for aspiring candidates looking to obviously get where you are today and um, with do you have any advice that you would give them so um i think you know there's always kind of like three favorite pieces of advice aren't there you know be inquisitive be yeah. always ready to learn so kind of like i never stop learning both from moving into leadership but also from the communities that i sit and talk to when i'm just doing a scheme mm-hmm. you know I, I always like to do both i think it's really important because i think if you're grounded in understanding what's yeah. important for somebody who lives or somebody who works or somebody who's got a taxi company and how you're changing the spaces, yeah, or how you're changing roads. Those, their challenges, their issues are really, really important. And that mm-hmm. then informs you, informs the way that you talk, the way you deal with people. So for me, that that piece is really, really important. So always prepared to learn, always prepared to communicate. Yeah. And um, collaboration is really, really important about actually how you, you may think that. And just to be really strong and ambitious you know kind of be ambitious for yourself but also for your community that might be your team yeah that might be your work that might be your home life but be ambitious for your community is really important having that get up and go out changing the yeah, yeah. you might not jump out of bed every morning <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. i mean i am i somebody once said to me and um, and it's with planets really important and um, say yes until you have to say no. And I adopt that a lot, which is why I often say yes too many times to apply myself charging around with him. But that's my responsibility. I'm not knocking anybody. I've done that. I've chosen to do that. I'll, I'll pull as many days and many things into a day as I possibly can to yeah. get the most out of it. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm exactly like you. I'm, a, I'm a very much a perfectionist as well. And if I start something, I want to get it done there and then because... I mean, once it's done, it means it's done, and then I can start something new the next day. So, no, I'm. I feel having obviously in any job, you've got to have that drive and got to well enjoy it and enjoy obviously who you're working with as well. And so, kind of looking back um, at your career, is anything at all you would change? Um, is there anything I would change? I um, yes, I think that the one thing. 
I didn't do, mm-hmm. which I see now, is I didn't um, I didn't get a mentor in the same way as we do mentoring now. You know, that whole kind of, I've got lots of people who have really helped me through my career, mm-hmm. but the kind of the whole structure about mentoring, the focus that we have on it now and the drive that we have on it means that actually your opportunities are much greater and your ability to talk about and challenge some of the main decisions you have to make yeah. with, within a safe space is really, really important. But I, I really felt the early days of my career um, would have really benefited from, from greater, stronger mentoring. But I think that I was at a point, and it comes back to where we were in that male-dominated world, is who did I reach out to? Yeah. Who? So that, that structure put in place now for me, that it's a real passion. Mm-hmm. I guess because obviously you noticed that you didn't have a mentor it helps you their drive to be like right we do need you like we do need this system in place absolutely and, and my, my my ambition and my legacy is that um i don't ever want everybody to step into the leadership roles that i have feeling vulnerable that they might not quite be good enough mm-hmm. because leadership is instinctive yeah. and actually there's a lot of skills and tools you also need to have in your in your bag to take it to that point and i don't think necessarily i have the skills and tools and the training yeah that would have allowed me either to do it quicker or to do it faster and better. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's, for me, something that's really, really important when we bring people through the business. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, we're surveyors, we're planners, we're, you know, real estate finance experts, but actually the leadership piece is something different and that's what we really need to focus on. Well, thank you very much there, Joe. It was a pleasure speaking to you today. Um, and uh, I hope you have a good rest of your day. Thank you. I'm sure I will. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the GSC Executives Podcast. Today's conversation was hosted and recorded by Caitlin Tai, with editing and production managed by Stephen Smith. The podcast is produced by GSC Executives in conjunction with Daniel Owen Limited. For more details about our executive sales solutions, as well as upcoming episodes, please visit our website, gscexecutives.co.uk. If you're keen to hear more industry insights, please consider subscribing on your preferred podcast platform. Until next time, continue to lead with excellence.